Uh, so let's remind people, right? Our first interview way back in the day, what became known as the truck in the toolbox story. You talked about how you, you know, started your entrepreneurship journey. So if you were coaching somebody up, or maybe if you want to, you know, pretend like you're starting today in, in October of 2022, what are some things are you thinking about getting ready or, or coaching somebody up to get ready to, to invest in themselves or, or how to move forward as we're, if they're, as they're starting their journey, what would you tell them? Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's all about education. So you have to educate yourself, build yourself, develop yourself, pour into yourself constantly and in a lot of different ways, no matter what you're getting into. But, um, you know, from an enterprise standpoint, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do now that were not available when I was in business. And when I was starting out, you know, 30 years ago, that you can scale much faster, you can, you know, succeed much quicker and better. And depending on where you're at, what stage you're in, I've got people I work with at all different stages, some just starting out, some scaling, some pivoting, shifting, whatever. Number one is focus on your strengths, go with your winners, cut your losers, become, you know, you got to lean out your operation, become efficient. Um, you know, if you're looking to do something new, whatever that is, become the expert at it, pour yourself into it, immerse yourself sacrifice everything else you need to that's that's non-productive in your life and focus on the thing you need to in terms of you know work and curriculum and things like that and get after it and become you know the expert in that space the go-to in that space and know everything you can about it because that's where you know all those resources attract surround yourself with the right influences in all of the media that you consume surround yourself with the right influences in terms of people you hang around and if you're in a business and you want to get somewhere, go find the best in the world doing what it is that you do, and then go hire their top people to do it for you and with you, or go work for them if you can, even if it's for free when you're young, to learn and grow and, and you know, those types of things. So, I mean, those are the things that I did along the way, uh, you know, to learn and to grow and to do what I did. And man, I wish I would have known more back then. It's all about what you know and yeah. who you surround yourself with. And I just didn't know what was possible back then in terms of how to really, I could have done tenfold what I did if mine, if I'd have just known a little bit more. And I thought I was, you know, learning as much as I could, as fast as I could. But yeah, it was just, you know, there's just so many different levels. And the deeper you go, the, the deeper you find you can go. And the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. I mean, it's just pretty amazing. Yeah, there's so much in that I want to just touch on individually. First, I want to touch on this kind of, um, I, I, for me, it's rule number seven in my one rental at a time rules, and that's monitor your network. I think it's even more important today in a social media environment uh, where it is the algorithms that seem to dominate our feeds really gear around negativity. And I don't think you need any help being negative. I think you need to find positive people that are looking to move forward that, yeah, we understand it's a bad time, but we don't have to grind and but you can fix that. Face. So I don't have that in my feeds. Okay. So like yeah. number one, my YouTube channel, because of the bots and stuff and just said, I, I don't have any comments on, I turn them off. Um, yeah. You know, I just disable comments. I don't, I don't, you know, pay attention to them and ignore them. And, you know, my feed, I'm the things I'm looking at are positive. So I don't go and look at negative stuff and that yes. doesn't feed into my feed. I mean, I see puppies and kittens and happy stuff and people yeah. that I follow that are positive influences, you know, it's really funny because, you know, you see the cute little dog thing and you stop and you watch next thing, you know, you see a bunch of them coming up. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so my point. Is you, up. Yeah. That's, that's exactly my point is folks, you are not curating your feed. Many of you send me videos of other channels that are just total trash, clickbait, fear, porn. I don't watch that stuff. Yeah, I block them. It's silly. Why? 
It's silly. So yeah, take care of that stuff. And again, uh, for me, when I created rule number seven, it was really to, to realize that some of my friends needed to change. Um, but today, because of social media, those, uh, those algorithms, they're like one of your best friends. They know you better than you. Uh, so some of you have to consciously block and change your feed. And, and if it's kittens and puppies and happy stuff, it, you just, you need battery chargers, not dr battery drainers, I think is Ed Milet. Yeah. Now I don't sit around and look at that stuff, but like if yeah. something pops up and it's kind of interesting, like yeah. animal stuff you see out there, you know, Love it. bears in nature dancing and you know I mean? It's, it's like, <laughs> what the heck, man? So yeah, I'll watch it for a second when I'm looking, but mainly what I use, you know, what I use social media for. So I have my YouTube channel, I'm sharing my expertise and things like that. And awesome. what I noticed is, especially with markets and crypto and stuff, there's just so many bots and scammers and all that. You know, I just turn the comments off because I just don't want people getting caught up in that. And it's just, it's not even worth my time filtering. Mm. It just, it's silly. Yeah. And you know, your channel too, you'll get some comments that are just oh, silly, yeah. you know, it's just like delete them, block them, you know, don't even pay attention to them. And, you know, I have zero toxicity that I allow into my life, but with Twitter, nice. I, I can keep up with news, financial news, you know, a lot of analysts, experts, things like yeah. that that I'm following. And then these little things will pop up in between, you know, they're kind of cute that, you know, I'll just catch myself, you know, just laughing out loud at these things. Yeah, you know, LinkedIn's a professional network, you know, I'm not sure. on there doing anything, but, you know, posting content and, you know, people are connecting with me there and, you know, Facebook, same thing. I'm just sharing content expertise. And I just, I have zero toxicity on any of my stuff because I just don't engage with it. And then YouTube, that's same awesome. thing. You know, if I see a channel that that's interesting and you can tell by the thumbnails and the titles, what it is and the same people are putting out the same garbage every day and you know, every day is and it can go the other way too there's people out there still talking about you know melt ups and you know mm -hmm. going to six thousand on the s p and these crazy numbers and bitcoin to 500 yeah. grand and all that so <laughs> yeah. you've got both tomorrow ends. 500 grand tomorrow by the end of the year i mean you've got yeah. both ends of those spectrums and you know yeah. I mean, and you got to understand, like we said last time, you got to qualify where the info is coming from. If you've got a fund manager out there who's talking about a melt up and, you know, Dow S&P 6,000 by the end of the year and all these crazy things, well, because they're trying to keep money flowing into their fund because that's how they yeah. make their money on fees. You know, yeah. when you have people begging the Fed to stop and writing open letters to the Fed to stop raising interest rates and they're going to destroy the economy, it's in the world, it's because they're losing money, they're facing withdrawals and they're not making any money. They want to hit their bonuses by the end of the year. So you got to qualify where this information is coming from and what they have, you know, to gain by putting out the information they're putting out and understand it's business cycles. Yeah. There's, you know, peaks and there's valleys and you need good risk management. You need to understand where you are in the cycle and, you know, what the real risks are out there, but you got to qualify all that. And then you have the, just the flat out conspiracy theorists that are just putting garbage out there just because it works for them and it makes them a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you talked about, uh, again, I want to touch on more is sometimes you just need to lean out. Uh, there's a lot of people, uh, certainly in the real estate industry, uh, it was easy to make money the last couple of years. And, and sometimes these entrepreneurs who haven't experienced the crisis that you and I went through, they just keep adding more and more people, more and more tools, more and more of this. They keep increasing their spend. And you know, now you go into a bad cycle where like we did in video one, where inventory is not moving and you just, you just, that overhead can come, could really sneak up on you. Uh, so le leaning out and understanding where you are, not stopping obviously, but but leaning out is, is sometimes hard for people. Yeah, yeah. You got to trim when when the time, you know, comes to trim and you have to be, you know, pay attention to what you're spending on marketing and, you know, things like that. And, you know, especially in real estate, I mean, rates went from two and a half to 7%, what, in the last four months? Yeah, so crazy. 
it hasn't had the effect on the market like you would think it would because a lot of people are locked into those low rates. They're in good positions, you know, financially, they have good jobs, things like that. And there's just, there's just no inventory. We lost inventory, you know, obviously there's different, different areas, you know, are different in different pockets, but my area, there's still nothing, you know, I mean, we're in a very small market, but you know, other areas around, you're starting to see like Austin, Texas and, mm-hmm. you know, Florida, some of the big, so what was really cool was all the pre, all the pandemic markets that everybody flooded into, those are the yeah. ones taking the biggest hits now. Yeah. That in the iBuyer markets, like Phoenix, iBuyer, like Open Door, they like 2000 inventory last time, or maybe 1800. It's yeah. The, the markets that saw the biggest run up like Phoenix, because the iBuyers will see the biggest pain once the iBuyers give up. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And then, you know, there's been some stuff in the news lately about people pulling back builders, developers pulling back on build for rent product and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, and that's all a function of financing. Yep, totally, totally get it. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, we've, we've talked, uh, you know, about uh, stacking cash or, you know, cash is trash, cash is, you know, is a good thing. Um, you know, if you're just an ordinarily worker, you're not an entrepreneur, um, is now the time to stack cash, not only for emergency room uh, reserve, but so you can make moves in the future when, when things eventually bottom out and the Fed says they're going to pause or, or, or maybe cut in the future. Is stacking cash in, important in an environment like this? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not the time to be taking big bets and big risks right now. We're, we're not there yet. And you know, like I said, until inflation starts to come down and the Fed talks about pausing, you know, you, you need to be careful and just stack up and be ready to go. That's the other thing, too. A lot of people, you know, just because of what we've seen the last two years, everybody's got FOMO. They don't want to wait. You know, there's not a lot of patience out there. You know, the, sometimes the best deal that you can do is not doing anything at all. And, yeah. you know, everybody feels like I got to be in the game because that's the Wall Street narrative. Buy the dip. Time in the market. <clears throat> you know, you hear all these narratives. Time in the market is better than timing the market. But yeah. you hear the most successful investors of all times. Warren Buffett, Paul Tudor Jones, you know, they make their moves at the bottoms, you know, and in bear market cycles. They're not making their moves at the tops. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you think about Warren Buffett. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. I'm, if you thought about it, I'm sure you would. About two years ago, David Portnoy uh, from Barstool Sports uh, was making fun of Warren Buffett, saying this game's easy, it's rigged, I can do this, that, and the other thing, which worked for a minute, and then he got smoked. Warren Buffett, you know, wasn't doing anything. And then suddenly at the bottom, he starts moving. He makes big moves, right? And I still remember Warren Buffett getting Goldman Sachs uh, in the Great Recession to give him like 10% interest plus warrants. And he made like a gazillion dollars on that. So there's something to be said for stacking cash. And and he really means it. When there's blood in the streets, that's when you run in. So um, it, it's funny yeah, to watch JP people. JP Morgan, they, they've got trillions of dollars on the sideline. You know, yeah, 1.2 I mean, trillion cash. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So the time is coming and it's not now. And that's the thing is that people get sucked into the narrative because of the Wall Street, you know, investment managers that need to make money telling everybody time in the market, dollar cost average. I mean, you hear that a lot in crypto. Buy Bitcoin every single day, every single week, yeah. no matter what the price is. That's the yeah. dumbest advice you could ever get. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, what's what it, 19,000, I think today, something like that, roughly? Something like that. But, you know, just yeah. the whole mentality of don't look at the market, don't look at the economy, don't look just at buy, it, just buy. buy. Yeah. Just buy. I mean, that's just silly. You know, that's that's yeah. just terrible advice. You know, you need to do what's right for you. You need to pay attention. You need to understand the macro and you need to understand where we are in the business cycle if you're going to be an investor. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to invest, right? That means a lot sure. of things to a lot of people. When you put capital at risk, you're investing, you know, yeah. regardless of the time frame. 
So, you know, these whole narratives of time in the market always outpaces. Well, yeah, from the history of the markets, sure. You know, we're still up more than, you know, I mean, our last peak was pre-pandemic. So, you know, we're still doing pretty good. But mm-hmm. will we get back to all-time highs in our lifetime? We don't know. Will we get back yeah. there next year? We don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to base it more on your own personal financial position. You can't always be five years, 10 years, because, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> five years ago, you're breaking even, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I went back and looked at uh, a lot of people in real estate are talking about 2023 being just like 08. So I've, I've done some, I, I have a chart or a, a spreadsheet I look at. It was funny. I, I happened to look at the spreadsheet and scroll down to the S&P 500. Now I've only taken S&P 500 January 1st of every year, right? So I didn't catch the inter-year moves. But from 2008 to 2012, the S&P 500 was down like 10 points. So just just a lost five years. Uh, and then, of course, the dot-com crash, if you were in the NASDAQ, was like 11 or 12 years to come back. So, yeah, these last decade things that Stanley Druckenmiller and others are talking about are real. And if you have to retire in the wrong time, that could be painful. That's where you got to be careful. And that's that's why it's okay to take profits and, you know, put cash on the side at certain points. And we were screaming it back in November, December. And everybody called us, mm-hmm. ah, you're crazy. You can't time the market. I remember I don't care if I missed the top by 10 or 15 or 20% when you compare it to where you are now. You, you yeah. remember the video I remember with you just nailing it. This is the one I remember. Uh, we talked about the Federal Reserve um, basically saying they can't trade. Remember that? That must have been like 12, 12 months ago, 14 months ago. And yeah. you're like, they're doing that because they see something coming. And I'm like, yep. And sure enough, really close to the peak. Uh, I thought that was just such a bold and great call that you had. Yeah, and I guess one of them li- didn't listen and said, "Oh, I didn't understand the rules," and kept on going. But whoops, yeah, Bostic, Bostic, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just crazy system. Silly but anyways, stuff. again, you know, your ultimate buy and sell signals are the Fed, right? If the Fed says, "Look, we got to stop and put the brakes on," well, you know, the markets are going to decline. If the Fed comes back in and says, you know, now we have the inflation indicator too, but when the Fed says, "Hey, you know, we we don't have to do anymore, we can pause," I mean, that that's going to be a buy signal because that means inflation has come down. I don't mean. It's down a tenth or anything like that. Markets will bounce on any dip in inflation, yeah. but until the Fed comes out, and you know, once we get inflation cut in half, basically down to about four or five percent, and mm-hmm. the Fed says we can stop, you know, that's I mean, yeah. we're going to continue stop, our, not cut, stop, right. just pause. Yeah, we're going to yeah. continue to you know work levels lower, and we've got another seventy-five basis points coming up next month, most likely, unless something big changes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, we might be getting close to trying to carve out a bottom, but. If the Fed can't stop a financial, you know, accident or crisis from happening because of inflation, I don't know how low things can go. Yeah. When I look at the Fed, you know, a week ago, so pre-CPI, pre-CPI last week, uh, I thought the Fed was going to go 75, November 2nd, 50, December, whatever it is, 14th, 25, pause. I now think that's not enough. I now think they're going to go 75, 75, 50, 25 pause. So we're going to get to 5% terminal rate where I used to think four and a half. Am I overreacting to one number or what do you think? No, I mean, the, they, you got to get rates above inflation, you know, yes. the, the effective rates above inflation. So until those two come in line, you got to keep going because it's not going. doing any good. I mean, there's still a big imbalance in employment. In the labor market, there's still a big imbalance. You know, energy prices are going up. We're just now getting into the winter. fall and winter where energy is going to just crush people. You know, I mean, uh, the, the news, everybody's, 
everybody's warning, you know, your, your electric bills are going to double this winter, your heating bills are going to double. So the warnings are coming out. We're starting to see people's Airbnbs taking a hit. You know, yeah. people are, they're not traveling like they were because they're starting to see it and feel it. We know that food has not changed. Housing hasn't changed greatly. I mean, it's starting to dip again, you know, rents a little bit, but not like what everybody was saying. And it goes back to June when everybody said, oh, here's, we're at the bottom. This is the bottom. Inflation's coming down. We've peaked, you know? And I mean, I was like, no, we haven't peaked. Nothing has come down. It's yeah, still I'm, going I'm, up. I'm really nervous for CPI headline, right? Right now, the folks like Kathy Wood can can say and be right. We're CP, headline inflation is coming down, right? We were at 9.1. It's been down, I don't know, four months in a row to 8.1. I'm afraid now that we're heading into fall and winter that, at least in California, gas is going nuts again. We might see headline go up. And then if that happens and you break the trend and who knows where we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gas, yeah. Gas prices are on the rise again a little bit. And, you know, she's hanging her head on that and on rents coming down. Rents are not coming down. I'm oh, telling you, no. I work with people all over the country buying multifamily properties. And the only way yeah. the business works, especially at today's rates, you got to buy it and jack rents. Yeah, so exactly. they're, what they're looking at is the wrong thing to be looking at where they're measuring that. They're looking at in-place rents. Okay. Yes. So in-place rents aren't necessarily increasing because they're in place. But as soon yeah. as those renewals come up, they're jacking them. And, you know, they have to because they're, you know, they're, they're buying too high. A lot of people, not my clients, but a lot of people are out there yeah. buying too high. But everybody who's buying commercial multifamily, the only way those deals are working is by raising rents. They don't so, buy them and say, I'm going to lower rents. They buy them and say, I'm raising rents. And if you look at, you know, the last year, those were banner years for commercial and multifamily. And they're, it's still booming. I mean, people are still paying unbelievable yeah. prices for some of these properties and the only way they make them work is by raising the rents so there you go. that now there might be little pockets you know here or there where you're starting to see some adjustments and people are leaving and moving out of the area but overall on average those rents are not coming down yeah crazy stuff well greg you you help a lot of people all over the world where can people find you yeah gregdickerson.com that's where all my info is go check it out thank you buddy